0: This is Re-Raw Manor, and we are your hosts, Sinead C. Shanti and...
1: Uh, Susan Brown. Hear me roar. Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a show which brings you the female voice on a wide variety of topics, with plenty of great tunes in the mix, thanks to Suze on the decks. Coming up today, we're going to unpack the book Invisible Women... We're going to learn about a Masters in Feminist Theatre Studies. We're going to hammer out a little bit, what is feminism? And yeah, we're going to have some really nice chats. I'm looking forward to it. Are you, Suze?
1: Yay, delighted to be here. Thanks, Sinead. Um, It's been a great week. How was your week?
0: was good. I went to Skull Film Fest, mm, highly recommend it. If you like short films of a high calibre, there was about 500 short movies from all over the world and a variety of topics. It was brilliant. We were there to a friend's sister has a film. Her name is Eva Williamson. She's got a fantastic film called The Work, which is a film about sex workers from a female perspective. And actually her film was played with a variety of other films looking at sexual harassment, violence against women from the female lens. So it was hard watching but important watching. Good. How about yourself, Suze? What have you been up to?
1: Um, training now rowing for the Ocean to City on Saturday. Um, big shout out to Passage Rowing Club. Woo! Um, so training has been difficult and it made me uh, but you know, it's good. Good. Um, so I was thinking about it, three years ago. You guys were on a boat on Spirod, um, which they a kirk which they actually built themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinead here, and her sister Elaine, and Katie, and you did the rowing. You the more yeah. yes. Thursday. I wish oh, we well were done. there
0: on the water with you. Uh, well coming done. up this weekend. Um,
1: that was an amazing feat, really. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It was inspired. You inspired me. Um,
0: so tell us, when is the Rossmore? It's it?
1: Saturday coming, the fourth. Uh, It started from Crosshaven and half two, going up along to Monkstown for about three or four o'clock, and up along the river from there. I know there's um, family fun events and music in Passage, in the playground and the park, and I'd say further along up uh, Black Rock there'll be activities on the on the piers, etc. The whole way up into the city, and the city will be buzzing. Um, there'll be a lot of boats there'll be a lot of people It'll be. Not, it's going to be it's going to
0: be a great day nice and you'll be rowing you'll be pulling like a dog
1: I know I'm a bit nervous <laughs> now maybe light a candle for me please
0: you'll do a great job So these so you've been sorting out some really great tunes have you come up with a DJ name yet? i uh,
1: working on the DJ name it's still percolating um, not. haven't really found anything
0: I remember you work. were one half of DJ Ch- Chicken Supreme, Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> you're dropping the chicken you're going a bit more veggie these days <laughs>
1: yeah That was good There was a few other really good ones Uh, Mm. What were you, DJ Wrecked the Gaff? I was DJ
0: Wrecked the Gaff Because of a true story A friend was DJing at a party And I thought I would be an awesome DJ So I started flinging his vinyl records Onto the record player And that's not what you're supposed to do We also have a DJ Socially Awkward Awkward. In our friend group Shout out there Yeah, DJ misbehaving. Return of the Mac (laughs)
1: Return of the Mac (laughs) (laughs) Woo!
0: DJ Miscellaneous. Yeah. <laughs> so you do need to come up with a pretty Nancy juicy gosh, name. So
1: it's still percolating.
0: So speaking of tunes, what do you have to kick off the show? Uh, so
1: here we have Billy Nomates. Mates. Uh, this album got me through a lot of COVID. Uh, she uh, was doing her own thing and then Sleeper Mods came upon her. And um, this she did a song with them, more and Mindy. And this is one of her songs off her album, No, which is a firm favourite in my house. Lovely. So, enjoy.
0: so here we go, Billy Nomates.
2: No is the greatest resistance, no to your nothing existence. No is a walk, no small talk. No, I don't think it looks better. Yes, we are stronger together, but no is a
0: Thank you Billion Nomates, and thank you Sue, it's a great tune and apologies for the techie hitches. <laughs> I was confused with some little dials here in front but we got there in the end.
1: There's a lot of dials. There me.
0: is a lot of dials. So we are delighted to welcome our first guest, Lizzie Mike Drop Fleming. Um, Lizzie is many things. She is a farmer, an academic, she hails from Scotland and runs a campsite called Bilberry Bilbury, Boreen. I'll say that again. Bilberry Boreen. It's got a lot of bees. Uh, this is a small farm in Inchigila in West Cork, which she is lovingly rewilding. She is currently writing her concluding chapter on her thesis for her master's on the role of coaching in end of life. And she doesn't stop there. She's also hosting a history and literature festival at her campsite in August. So without further ado, let's head over to our chat with Lizzie. Welcoming Lizzie Fleming. Lizzie is here to unpack the book, Invisible Women by Caroline Credado Perez. I really like the intro to this book, Lizzie, and it really reminds me of you. It's for the women who persist, keep on being bloody difficult. (laughs) Lizzie, you are bloody brilliant and you are bloody difficult. You are doing a fantastic job rocking the corner of West Cork that you live in. Thank you so much for being here on our show. We're delighted to have
3: you with us. Thank you for having me. Well,
0: so this book, you actually gave me your copy uh, for my birthday. And thank you. I'm loving it. So tell us a little bit about Invisible Women.
3: So I read Invisible Women uh, a couple of years ago now. So forgive me if I'm a bit um, hazy with the details, but it was really mind-blowing reading the book because it revealed to me just how much our world is uh created by and for men and how insidious that is how how internalized our own misogyny is even women that we don't We don't even notice the things that go on and how male-centered it is and she you know she says at the start as well in her introduction you know male as default um yes and that and that really is how it is and reading the book and the enormous amount of work she did in researching it it's got 80 pages of notes um it's really quite remarkably well-researched and fascinating and in-depth and it just it blew my mind reading it you know thinking how ingrained it is as I said and um
0: absolutely and even as you said that phrase the world is designed male by default (sighs) I felt that in my gut but I'd never read it so well put as what Caroline Criado Perez did in that book. Mm. And I don't know if you've read her other book, Do It Like a Woman and Change the World. Have you read that as well?
3: yeah but if before so I yeah it's been even longer since I read that one
0: yeah so my little niece and hopefully she's listening in if you are shout out to you Shiogi. um she asked her mom she's like mom I think I'm ready for a feminist book so straight away I got onto the bookstore in Kinselle and that was the first book I ordered do it like a woman because it's infuriating it's really well researched well put together and it's also inspiring Mm. it's got a lot of stories of women swimming against the grain of the patriarchal society or against the barriers that are there so in the book invisible women she really does unpack the data bias that presents itself can you give us a few examples
3: um, of her stories so uh Early on, she opens with a remarkable story um, from a village in, or a town in Sweden, I forget the name, I'm sorry, um, where there there was a meeting where they were looking at the gender data bias. And someone, as a joke, suggested, why don't we look and see if there's a gender bias in snow clearing? And so, They took that person seriously and off they went and they started exploring snow clearing in that town. And the results were really quite remarkable because they found that, you know, as you'd expect and quite reasonably, they were clearing as most places around the world do, the main commuter routes, um, all the main arteries leading to, major places of work and you know all those kind of roads all the main roads as you'd expect and what they found was that there there is a gender difference so men are much more likely to go straight from home to work along these major routes whereas women if they're working tend to take routes past the school past shops and you know more secure, secure, circuitous routes to work, and um, and these minor roads which aren't cleared. Not only that, but women are much more likely to be pedestrians, pushing buggies, and um, on the pavements. And so they they started clearing these arterial routes and pavements, and. Um, Because everybody in Scandinavia, you know, routinely has snow tires anyway, mandated by law. So there isn't actually a huge necessity to clear, you know, all the snow from the roads. You know, most of the cars can handle a bit of snow. So they focused on these arterial routes and the pavements and what they found then. So they were spending X amount of money. Um, I think it was something like they were six million kroner on, on snow clearing. But what they discovered was that 12 million in um, medical costs arose every year because of accidents that mostly women were having, um, and mostly pedestrians on with buggies and things, or, you know, women with buggies and whatever on on the um, on the pavements. And so, when they started clearing the pavements and the arterial roads, um, they reduced. They actually ended up saving money because um, the medical costs at the local hospital were reduced so dramatically by the reduction in accidents.
2: Yeah,
0: isn't that just yeah exactly wow hardcore and even going back to the idea of kind of sex aggregated data it's often something that isn't gathered and i love the definition that caroline gives at the beginning of her book she says data is another word for information information has many sources statistics are a kind of info but so is the human experience Mm -hmm. failing to include the perspective of women is a huge driver of an unintended male bias that attempts to pass off as gender neutral Mm -hmm. so if we're not sex aggregating our data it's like oh well we're gender neutral but it's like well actually we need to gather data because there is a difference in the behavior as you so clearly pointed out with that example of -hmm. the snow plowing in Scandinavia Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you spoke about, sorry, Suze, what was that?
1: Gender neutral is not gender equal. Gender neutral is not gender equal. Mm. Um, You know, so I thought that was very good. You know, in a way you think, oh, it's okay if you're gender neutral, but actually it's not. It's not egalitarian at all. Uh, You know, so it has to be really looked at way, way better, way differently.
0: Yeah. And you had another story, Lizzie, that we just briefly spoke about, about the Apple. Was that the Apple Watch?
3: Yeah, so um, the first Apple Watch that was produced um, measured everything. <laughs> you know, it measured your heart rate and you know how you know how many steps you'd taken. It also had the tool to measure you know calories and you know vitamins and minerals and you know they they tried to include absolutely everything, but they didn't include a period tracker. Um. So fifty percent of the world is a, is a woman, and you know many of them will have periods, and they didn't include a period tracker. I mean, I think you could even track. You know, I seem to remember she mentioned some m- mineral that you could track. <laughs> and yet there wasn't a. You know, and it just goes to show that the another one is um, just even on that point
0: it really is like women are treated like a minority and it's not okay to treat minorities at all disrespectfully but like you said we are 50 percent of the population Mm -hmm. we're not a minority and we're still not designed for at all
1: anything to do with the fact that now women you know they take the pill straight on after 21 days so they maybe skip their period that could be a like an increasing number of p- women now hardly hardly that's the reason is it like you know that would be a mo- is that like a modern day a lot of modern women modernish women do that now because the doctors are allowing that now that you don't actually have to have your period um is that i doubt thing?
0: it says i think it was just designed by males or maybe even females were there in the room but they didn't feel safe enough to raise that voice that what about menstruation mm. That would be my understanding of them not putting that app in there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Lizzie, for those stories. You're doing a really great job of making my blood
3: boil. I think it- <laughs> I know. Well, I would definitely recommend if anyone is going wants to buy the book, to buy the hard copy so that if you throw it across the room, you don't break your tablet or e-reader. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah that's good advice I was like why a hard copy maybe you'll throw it at your laptop but oh yeah so that you're not reading it on an electronic device Yeah. yeah good advice and Lizzie just speaking of some feminist literature is there any other books that you'd recommend or that you've read recently so like we spoke about Caroline's other book do it like a woman change the world have you read any of Nell McCafferty's books
3: yes yeah she's great yeah um well interestingly I was going to say as a you know just so as to not be completely biased um to discuss some criticisms that uh, the book has had um uh, Julie Bindle who has um written You know, famously, the pimping of prostitution is one of her books. Um, She's a long, long long-term campaigner um, for against violence against women and uh, vulnerable women in prison, and um, against the sex trade and trafficking and prostitution. She's written a lot about that, and she criticises the book as being you know, white Western pri- privileged feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, to be fair to, to both of them, she's coming from a place where she's always worked with vulnerable working class women, um, the women who are invisible in society, <laughs> uh, which is what Caroline Criado Perez is writing about as if we're all invisible, but there's, there's a scale. Some women are certainly a lot more invisible than us, women of color um you know traveler women um and uh working class women and they are they're the nitty-gritty uh issues that Julie Bindle tends to focus on and you know that that's what her criticism is is based upon I think however saying that um you know Caroline Criado Perez does such a good job highlighting you know, the systemic nature of the patriarchy and misogyny. um, You know, I I think it's still, you know, very important work. And it really highlights to women in developed nations that, you know, we might think that we're achieving equality, but we really have a very long way to go and another issue is that yes they might have these diversity and inclusion programs and women might receive um positive discrimination however as as her book and a lot of feminist works would highlight it's not enough to get the positions if you're still working within a patriarchal patriarchal format and system and You end up with you know an internalized misogyny that you're and you're upholding the patriarchal system so
0: and that's a really good point lizzie and also even the point that you know women we can never afford to be complacent progress isn't automatically irreversible and women have to keep fighting sometimes just to stand still and that's a quote that I've taken from an excellent book called The Authority Gap by Mary Ann Sigart. And I'd highly recommend it. So that's a lot of food for thought uh, from the bloody brilliant and bloody difficult Lizzie. I think we need a tune break, don't we, Suze? We do. All right, here we go to Nina Simone.
4: Then I should say, say i loud, say I'm clear, for the whole round world to hear. I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart, remove
0: Coming towards the last few minutes of our interview, I think myself and Sue would really love to ask you what your vision um, of an equal and just society would look like.
3: So I think what we, what the main findings from Invisible Women is that a world that centres women and women with and women and children um is is a more just world and just functions better i mean so many of the examples she provides like that's no clearing example actually went you know benefited the town and f- financially as well and you know we we, we see this uh, you know across the board across the world when, when you focus on women's education and women's rights you know it goes hand in hand with a more just you know better functioning society and so i would see a complete shift in how we view the world how we do things and seeing it as you guys are trying to do through a, a female lens great, great.
1: thank,
0: thank you, you lizzie thank you so much for your insights your elegant way of being and for being bloody brilliant and bloody difficult Um, i really appreciate you being here in our little corner of the world and resisting like hell the patriarchy and trying (laughs) to smash it up Thank
3: thank you lizzie well thank you guys you're doing a great great job here and it's a brilliant show i've been really i enjoyed the first episode so much and it was great
1: And good luck with uh, Bilberry Boreen in Inshigila. Oh, my um, campsite. (laughs) Yeah, your campsite, I can't wait to come and visit. And you're you're having a a festival? Yeah, I'm
3: having a history and literature festival at the end of August. 22nd, is
1: that right?
3: The 20th and the 21st, Bilberry Boreen. It's uh, creative centenaries and the tickets are available on Eventbrite.
1: Excellent.
0: Great, we'll be there. Uh, (laughs) there. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah. so thank you lizzie you're a busy woman and you took some time out of your hectic schedule to have a bit of a deep dive with us about the book invisible women uh, I hope you guys were singing along to Nina Simone. I know we were. And Lizzie, as you know, we ask our guests for their top tunes. Uh, Nina Simone was one of Lizzie's, and also Harry Belafonte, which is coming up right now. <laughs>
5: Shake, Sonora, shake your body liner Shake, 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 Sonora Shake it all the time Work, 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 Sonora Work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, Work it all the time My girl's name is Sonora I tell you friends I adore her And when she dances, oh brother She's a hurricane in all kinds of weather Jump in the line, rock your body on time Okay, I believe you Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body and time. shake, 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 sinora, shake your body line. shake, 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 sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 sinora, work it all the time. shake 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 senora shake your body line shake 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 senora shake it all the time work 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 Sonora. work your body line yeah. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all in time. Sinora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Heist those skirts a little higher. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Off the chimney, jump in the line, rock your body in time. Whoa.
0: Awesome. Love Love the calypso. Me too. Um,
1: Now, and next up, we're delighted to welcome Maxine Acton. Um, She has just completed her Master's by Research in the Department of Theatre and UCC on feminist dramaturgies, which is a real word, in recent and adaptations for the stage. Um, She runs the Youth Theatre programme for the Illin West Cork Arts Centre and works with Youth Theatre Ireland. Developing and delivering workshops. Her day jobs include being a theatre maker and a singer in an ABBA band uh, pre COVID. Very good. And she has a hobby two sons, two cats, and roller skates daily for fun. Hello, Maxine. How are you? Can you hear us?
0: Ah, oh, Maxine, we can't hear you yet. We are going to get some techie help to make sure that we have you loud and clear Clear. because we cannot wait to hear uh what you have to say in the meantime while we're getting maxine set up on zoom we're going to play one of your tune requests which is army of tears by kathy Davies. so
1: this is a choice from uh maxine's song she um Uh, she says using this particular female kind of upset often sad and angry at the same time in using it to grow strong and become queen of your own sea and it's a really lovely song
0: okay we'll play the tune and then we'll have Maxine back
2: they grew and grew so I begin to turn them into something
0: hopefully welcome back Maxine are you there
6: I am here
0: excellent (laughs) we have blast off we've learned something new on the sound desk today thank you so much out of your hectic rollerblading singing acting mammying schedule you've got a lot going on thanks for being here with us
6: You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you.
0: I did not know that we shared a common feminist thread. Our kids go to the same school and it was only at the end of a pub quiz fundraiser that we realised we were both closet feminists
6: (laughs) I suppose closet in the sense that it's not the thing you discuss at the school gate Mm.
0: No, but (laughs) but why not? Let's change that up So Maxine, I loved how you introduced what you've been doing recently So you said you were doing a Masters in Feminist Theatre Studies and then you said you actually went home and looked up what it exactly was. Mm -hmm. So do you want to reintroduce what your Masters of research was and tell us a little bit about it, please.
6: So I did a research master's, which meant that I didn't attend classes or lectures. So it was mostly conducted by researching and interviews with the people involved in the productions that I was researching. So it was feminist dramaturgies in three recent adaptations from literary novels for the stage. And those feminist dramaturgies were around character and space and place on the stage. So basically how we interpret the female story as an audience and how you make it for an audience when an audience is really used to the male story. A hundred
0: percent, yeah.
6: Women are only on the side, you know, they help Mm -hmm. the male story. So it was interesting to investigate that.
0: And as you were investigating that, did you come across... Any nuggets of theatre or writing which did put that feminist story central?
6: Yes, so there was a few threads to this. So I had to investigate adaptation as a form of theatre. There are those who say it's not playwriting and those who say it is, you know, an original form of theatre. And also investigating feminism, the history of women in Irish theatre, which has been a big topic since Waking the Feminist and 2015. Um, And looking at all of theatre always works within the context of the society that it's in. So when you look at a play, you have to look at the context for it as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
6: There was one of the sort of foundational books um, that I used for my research was Melissa Siraz. I have the full title here because I keep forgetting women in Irish drama, a century of authorship and representation.
0: Mm, that sounds juicy.
6: It is juicy because there, it, people would say there's not female playwrights in the Irish canon. You've got, you know, uh, Marina Carr is well known. Uh, she's in the Ace Donna and all now, uh, but people don't find it easy to name female playwrights off. You know, they don't they don't run off your tongue. Mm-hmm. But this book, when Melissa Sierra was looking for contributors to write about. Irish playwrights, they discovered there was a lot of them, female Irish playwrights who had just been forgotten because their plays were not put on in main theatres because they weren't reviewed um, and they weren't published. So this book started out as essays about Irish playwrights, but they actually started to compile a list of plays by Irish female playwrights. And that's at the back of the book. They have a full list of the plays they they came across.
0: Fantastic. yeah. And you mentioned that really great movement, Waking the Feminists. Mm. Actually, we're looking for a DJ name for Suze, and I was trying to convince her DJ Wake the Feminists <laughs> that would be a good name. Do you think that has changed the landscape of theatre?
6: It has in a really big way. Not like there's an awful lot further it can go, you know, it's not it's not there. But it definitely did. And it brought it to the attention of the general public, whereas it was this sort of, I actually asked, well, I, I was interviewing Annie Ryan, who's a great director, and I asked her about Waking the Feminists. I said, you know, um, did you need this in order to have more plays by women, directed by women, written by women? And she said, no, she said, we were doing it already.
4: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. they were
6: already working but the abbey's program that they announced for the centenary of 1916 didn't include um enough women and that was the major problem they were already doing it but the abbey the national theater was ignoring this yes. um so it did definitely change you can see in dublin theater festival in particular the difference between pre-waking the feminists and post-waking the feminists i think 2014's uh or 2015 their program had like two female driven stories mm-hmm. 2019 had six plus um mm-hmm. there was a huge change in the number of female directors writers and just because it was brought to people's attention it was just the shouting making a noise and making a making a bit of a fuss yes. bringing it to people's attention mm-hmm. because that's what women do and it's what we have to do because If we go quiet, we get
0: forgotten. (laughs) Absolutely. Or we just swim backwards. We can't stay still. We have to keep being a little bit difficult. And I guess that even brings us on to the point of, I often call it the dirty word feminism, Mm. because it is loaded. And I think it's loaded because a lot of negative kind of connotations were flung at it. Over a long time, and even myself, like we have a book club, and over lockdown, a lot of the books um, we started to read kind of went down the feminist book route, and there was a big discussion: Are we now a feminist book club? And a lot of people were like, "Well, I'm actually not that comfortable with the word, and I, I don't know if I am." And um, and I even had that thought myself, and it was Sue's you lent me a book. And the book was uh, Why We Should All Be Feminists by um, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. And I'm so sorry, Chimamanda, if I've got your name all muddled up. But it's a fantastic book. Why We Should All Be Feminists, a little book. You'd read it in two sittings. And it convinced me. It's like, yeah, I am a feminist until I do not have to be. And that's my right. mantra. And any thoughts on that, Maxine?
6: Yeah, I think I, I need to read that because I would say I have imposter syndrome with being a feminist. <laughs> um, I It sits uncomfortably with me. Uh, what You had asked me before what feminism meant to me, and I was thinking about that. And I think what it means to me is constantly questioning my programming, yeah. the way that I have been programmed. And we don't question it maybe sometimes. So I try to constantly question it in recent years you know why Mm -hmm. am i why am i doing that why am i thinking that why am i saying this thing do i actually believe it Mm -hmm. um and that to me is my feminism i guess and then Mm -hmm. it sits uncomfortably with me because i occupy a pretty traditional role in my home um i'm you know the main caregiver and um mother and i probably do the most part of the cooking and all of those things. And I feel that makes me a bit of a fake feminist as well. Mm. Uh, So it's Mm. that imposter syndrome, I think a little bit sits there. So it's an uncomfortable term Mm. for me, but it's not because there are negative connotations, I think with feminism, Uh, it's like a dirty word in in certain areas but it's not really that I think for me it's my imposter syndrome
0: <laughs> ah interesting and even that idea that if we do reside in traditional roles are we then kind of guilty feminists should we not be out there in the boardroom instead of taking care of our boys or our children even if that's what you want to do
1: yeah, and exactly,
0: yeah yeah and <laughs> I actually yeah well, we're just doing our
1: best yeah, that's yeah. the
0: that's thing. And that's the thing that really drove us to put this radio show together because there is not one size fits all about being a woman or about being a feminist. There's many flavors. um And like, even Sue, sometimes we're planning for the show and Sue will come out and say something, and I'm like, what no like remember you were all about mud wrestlers (laughs) and I was like no to me that's awful like (laughs) my teacher competition you were like no 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 in the mud everyone's equal because it's so slippy and I was (laughs) like you know we we see the world so different and it's really about hearing all the voices and not silencing them and being comfortable with that diversity, because I think we've been so vanilla as women in theatre, on TV, you know, in movies and TV shows. It's just, you know, the girlfriend, the mad wife, the the smart, nerdy one. It's like, well, actually, we can kind of be many things.
6: Yeah. That you forgot the nagging one. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> typical. Yeah, the <laughs> nagging one. And that brings me on to actually um, kind of your top picks of um, theatre, TV, or movies with the feminist perspective.
6: That was really funny because I was really trying to think about that. I'm really bad at recommending things or coming up with something when I'm asked. But I was saying, okay, so there's a few different things. So my top uh top tv i went with the tv for this um mm-hmm. was over the last 12 months we watched mayor of east town mm-hmm. with Kate and for me that was my kind of idea of feminism the way that that was made it was made entirely from a female perspective yeah it wasn't necess- it was a female story but it was you know it was a kind of a general murder story but it was about halfway through watching it, I put my finger on what was different about it. And it was that it was from a female perspective. It was her view of the world. It was very much a woman's life, balancing work and home, mm-hmm. um, all of those things. So for me, it was Mayor of Easttown. But as a mum of two boys, I really, really loved recently watching Disney's Rhea and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, for me, it wasn't make It wasn't outright turning the girl into a hero she just was a girl who you know she was a hero who happened to be a girl but it was never really made much of and there was no love story and she wasn't rescued by anyone oh (laughs) fab and it was just the most beautiful storytelling but not outright feminist but it was there it was it was that it was simply feminist and then as a theater person any really any theater that is made from a female perspective and not, uh, not a view of women that has been created by society. This happens also with gay movies and theatre and things too, where mm-hmm. it's straight people's version of being gay. Yep. And it happens, it's men's version of being women sometimes as well we get. Mm-hmm. So, and there's loads of great female theatre makers who, who do that kind of work. Like Annie Ryan, she's brilliant.
0: Mm, great. I must check out that Disney one. What did you say it was called?
6: Rhea and the Last Dragon it was that it was quietly feminist and I just really really like it It was that it wasn't an issue and Mm. to me that is my ideal feminism I think is that we just have we could kind of forget about it it's just there we all accept absolutely
0: that That it's not a big deal it's just how it is
6: yeah,
0: as I was saying to you, our boys share a classroom, and my son was commiserating with your son about having a feminist mommy, and I was saying they should set up a feminist mommy association. Um, but I think myself, my son, we always have this discussion. He he doesn't like when he says I blather on about feminism. He kind of slides off his chair and hides under the table, and I think it's because he feels threatened that he's a boy, and that mm-hmm. if I'm really kind of strong speaking on behalf of women that it means he won't count anymore and he keeps saying everybody matters and I'm like yes yeah. everybody matters and we need to get to that place where everybody yeah. matters.
6: I was talking to uh, my son last night to say, you know, that they had been talking. And I said, and what do you think? Is it very annoying? And he went, well, no, it's important.
0: Good (laughs) on him. (laughs) Great, great.
6: great." And I said, you know, it's not that I do. I tell you that women are better than men was like, no, but everyone's equal was the nine year old then was, you know, Um, so they obviously they're so programmed in this house that we have this constant discussion about how, you know, women are every bit as good that people who are good at something it's not because they're men or women you know or big or small or smart or not it's just that some people are good at things some people are not good at things and there is no distinction I'm the DIYer in this house so they're used to Mm-hmm. Bit of, of, um, of it being balanced you know
0: changing it up yeah, and just even in terms of top tips uh, are of things to watch I was saying it to you Maxine yesterday that when Fleabag came on the tv I nearly cried with relief yeah. I'm like oh thank god for Phoebe Waller-Bridge you know like her character in Fleabag she was multi-dimensional she was many many things
6: And And that started life as a piece of theatre. It was a one-woman show.
0: Ah, yes. I forgot that was her origins. And actually, Mm -hmm. my husband convinced me to watch the latest Bond movie because it had a Phoebe Waller-Bridge eye thrown (laughs) over it. They were like, it's too misogynist. We need to shake it up. So she came on set Mm -hmm. uh, to help rewrite some bits. And you can see the scenes that was Waller-bridged, I call it. Yeah. And I think she needs to do that in a lot more big mainstream stuff Waller Bridget
6: she was in a Star Wars not one of the main movies but uh, there was a sort of a spin-off movie Rogue One which is brilliant and she was the voice of a robot in it an android thing and um, it's very funny because this robot won't do what it's expected to do <laughs> that's, not, that's exactly <laughs> Waterbridge I don't know if she influenced it but it's, um, you know, you're supposed to just do what I tell you I have my own programming thank you yeah. yes <laughs> so
1: I robot.
0: Great. I love it. Yeah. great great Maxine we are unfortunately running out of time but it's been so great to talk to you you. Yeah, and keep the feminist flag flying and ditch the guilt and the imposter (laughs) syndrome because it sounds like you're raising some fantastic feminist boys as well while you're at it.
6: I think it's our job as mums of boys, especially, I think, you know, yeah we have a lot of work to do to to change the way that our society works
0: absolutely next time i see you at the school gate we'll burn our brass.
6: Uh. <laughs> yes or get tattoos or
1: something <laughs> i'll bring the fire sure. <laughs>
0: sounds good great thank you so much for your time enjoy thanks, it's a great day thanks. for a rollerblade
6: thanks Maxine. It, well it is but i'm retro roller skating it's, a, it's
0: ah great. even cooler <laughs> <laughs> nice. Enjoy. Bye. Thank you. Take Thank care. Bye bye. Bye. That was a really nice chat. It's so nice to be more and more aware of what is available out there that just doesn't vanilla up the experience of being a female. Sure. Isn't it? That was
1: really,
0: really good. Yeah. So, Sus, what do you think a just and fair society would look like?
1: Um, I was thinking about this during the week and I think just because where I'm at at the moment that uh, childcare would be, I think more available subsidised childcare would be really important for me and from all the mothers I see around me, in, like that would be my group at the moment, a lot of my group. And uh, like in Denmark, that's the way it is. So in Denmark, there's a lot of jobs in childcare. There's a lot of energy put into childcare and then the, it's subsidised. So then women can study or work or, or not, if, so, if, if that's the case. If they want to stay at home, that's totally the case too. But just to have those options, yeah. for me, that's very relevant now. Um, yeah.
0: So, so true. So true. And I think for me, a just and fair society is one without borders. You know, no geographical borders, you know, religious, gender, racial borders that we can travel between the Northern Hemisphere, the Southern Hemisphere, mm. Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere as we need to because we're just putting up walls um, to our fellow humans constantly and we need to really break them down.
1: I remember doing a crossword there one day with Tom and... We It was what makes good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And it was fences. And I
0: was <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no! Take Mary down the fences. Mary O'Brien, what are
1: you doing?
0: Um, <laughs> is, Mar- is Mary O'Brien yeah. your
1: neighbor? <laughs> no, she's the the woman who does the Irish Trials But I was just, I was like, what? You know, fences. People Aww. love them. They have gates, fences, you know, privacy, I suppose, safety. But, you know, is it in Let's the head? The, tear them down. No, that's a bit naive, possibly, but you know.
0: Yeah, so there was a lot of food for thought today, wasn't there? Like, unpacking Invisible Women. Highly recommend Caroline Criado Perez. She's written that book, Invisible Women, exposing um, gender bias in data. And she also has written Do It Like a Woman and Change the World. Both fantastic books. Um, We also um, spoke very briefly, actually, about Nell, Nell McCafferty, uh, a writer, a journalist who is... We both have read a lot of her work. I remember my sister lent me a great book, and it was called "Good Night Sisters," and it was a collection of Nell's um, articles that she wrote. I can't remember what newspaper she used to write for. I think it was like Ireland's Eye or something back in the eighties and late seventies. And Nell was ballsy. She's so ballsy for that time, even for now.
1: Mm. We did a, we did a con- try and contact her actually. To-
0: Sure. <laughs> mm. Um, mm, yeah. So, Suze do you have um, a particular tune you'd like to us? Um, We've got I two. Do, We're going to uh, sign off with two tunes yeah, today, let's maybe. Do it.
1: Perfect. So I chose. There's a few now, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Shirley Collins. So she's a folk, an English folk singer. Space Girl. It's about don't let ever anybody ever tell you that you can't do anything you want to do.
0: That sounds good. Yeah, and, and the second one.
1: Um, I think we might go with uh, this Dublin band uh, so they're our, our sailing instructor who's Katie Mullins it's her friend's band and she, they just did the video for it so I think we might put that uh, play that It's they're called Maul, M H A O L, male I think it's
0: after Your Whale but no one could pronounce whale that way so they changed it to male M-A-L-E with that in bracket M H A L E. okay very good
1: and it's no one ever talks to us
0: Okay, so we're gonna sign off for it today with those two tunes. Thanks for listening. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to my mum, <laughs> who sent us a great text. She was like, "Well done for um, taking your seat and showing up for the radio." So, hi, mum, and um, yeah, okay. that's it. Eye
1: to the guards down and the band's little and can posse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll be back next week Same time, same place Reroll Manor 1-2 On UCC Radio Which is 98.3 yeah. FM Enjoy the tunes Thank you for Bye. listening
7: Never venture into space But I did I did, I did She said no Terran girl could trust the Martian race But I did, I did, I did A rocket pilot asked me on a voyage to go I was so romantic I couldn't say no That he was just a server robot How was I to know So I did I did I did She told me Never venture out Among the asteroids But I did I did I did she said the Milky Way was something to avoid. So I did, I did, I did. She said that Venus was too hot and Satan not much fun. And bug-eyed monsters tended to be just a trifle dumb. She said I'd need a blaster and a needle freezer gun. And I did, I did, I did. my mama told me never trust a space engineer but i did i did i did she said free fall and superdrive would surely cost me dear and they did they did they did i've been as far in hyperspace as anybody can I've traveled through the time warp on the cyclo plan They say a gal must travel for to find her Superman And I did, I did, I did